What's next for Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow after Kyler Murray's big extension? All that and more on today's episode of Locked on NFL. You are locked on NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And it's Monday, so that means you have me, Kevin Ostriker, the host of Locked On Ravens. And thank you so much for making Locked On NFL your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms, including in video form on YouTube. Today's episode of Locked On NFL is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is who covered this season with more props, odds, and lies than ever before. But online where the game starts and we're back and football is here. It's it's in the air. Training camps have either started or begin this week. And it's it's a long time coming. We were waiting since the Super Bowl in February. Football's back. I'm excited for it. And here today we're going to talk about one of the biggest storylines of last week, which was that Kyler Murray extension. You have Murray signing that five-year deal, $230.5 million, 160 of that guaranteed. So Murray is now the second highest paid quarterback with an average annual value of $46.1 million per season. We're going to dive into all that today with hosts from around our network. First, talking with Alex Clancy of Locked Arm Cardinals about the Murray extension itself, what it means for the Cardinals, if it was a good deal for them, a bad deal for them. We'll talk about that in the first segment. And the second segment is going to be me talking about Lamar Jackson and what that Murray extension means for Jackson and maybe when we could potentially see a deal between Jackson and the Ravens and just what everything has been in terms of his negotiations. And then in the final segment, we'll be staying in the AFC North talking with Jake Liskow of Locked On Bengals about Joe Burrow and when the Bengals will want to get a deal done with Burrow, when Burrow would want to get a deal done. A lot of interesting conversation here today based off of the quarterback market that is continuing to increase. Yesterday's price is not today's price. We're going to dive into all that here today. Let's start off, though, with Alex Clancy of Locked On Cardinals talking about that Murray extension here now. Joining me now to talk about that Kyler Murray extension is the host of Locked On Cardinals and Alex Clancy. And Alex, I know this has been a long time coming for Cardinals fans, the Cardinals organization, but now the Cardinals get their guy in Kyler Murray on a big, massive deal. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It feels like there's a lot now because there's a relief of, right, having this done. There's no no more talking about it or anything. But the, the specs of the deal, you have a five-year, $230.5 million deal, $160 million guaranteed. So not the full 230 that Deshaun Watson got. Murray does beat Watson in average annual value by a little tiny bit, but the guaranteed money, a lot less. There was this kind of a deal you were expecting for Kyler Murray when you were talking about maybe what a deal could look like for him. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a win all around. I think... uh Bidwell and Kime versus Kyler Murray and Eric Burkhardt is ended amicably and Kyler Murray is going to get paid a whole bunch of cheese and the Cardinals, at least through 2023, the cap hit's going to be below 40 mil and then it's going to uh, balloon after that. But you hope that every day the salary cap just inches up a little bit more and more towards, towards the next league year. And it's not going to be as much of a hit as it will be for, you know, the Chargers and the, and the Bengals and the Ravens and teams like that who haven't signed their quarterback yet. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a home run all around. Yeah. And, and what does the timing of this deal mean to you? I mean, how important is it for them to get it done now right before the start of training camp as opposed to having it maybe linger on throughout the year? I mean, it's massive, you know, because Kyler Murray is is everything for the future of this organization. And, um, you know, I've had some issues with, 
like not knowing a whole lot. And that that's kind of the Arizona Cardinal front office brass way. You know, Steve Keim went on uh, Pat McAfee's show about, I think it's 55 or 56 days ago now saying Kyler's the future. And then we heard nothing uh, kind of overshadowed by Rodney Hudson's questionable. Is he going to come back or not? And then a couple of days after Rodney Hudson says he's coming back, then Kyler Murray gets the deal. It hopefully just ended up being much ado about nothing. And this is when they get deals done. So this is when they got this deal done. Right. And going back to the guarantees, I know when, when the report started to come out that oh, the Cardinals and Murray are close on a big deal, I think a lot of people were wondering if the Deshaun Watson contract that fully guaranteed money was going to set the precedent for quarterbacks and whether Murray's deal would be that when you saw it was just 160, well, I say just, but when it was yeah. 160 out of 230.5 guaranteed, do you think the organization and a lot of people within it kind of had a sigh of relief that they didn't have to go to that fully guaranteed? Well, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things at play here. One, like the Deshaun Watson contract doesn't make any sense. It's Cleveland Browns land. Like it doesn't make any rational sense, number one, with all the things going on in the off, off the field, obviously, that are very important. And number two, the only way he became a Brown was because they did this. Like he he wasn't even on the radar. To, or the Cleveland wasn't even on the radar. Then with Kyler, a chunk of this is for injury. Uh, guarantee if he plays through it and doesn't get injured, then he gets that paid. And I think that's fair. Like there's two different sides here. One, Kyler Murray is not 6'7", 260. Okay. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Justin Herbert. He's not, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's not even Lamar Jackson, who's had injury concerns as of late, you know, but he, he missed three games last year, partially because the Cardinals already had a great record. First year of a 17 week season, they won the first game with Colt McCoy. It's like, why not let it roll? I feel like if the Cardinals were at 500 or under it, Kyler would have missed one game. It was a high ankle sprain. Like, it's a big deal. High ankle sprains, especially if you're a basketball player, like that's where high ankle sprains really come into play. But the NFL, same thing. And I feel like it's understanding that the Deshaun Watson contract made no sense. So that is kind of like an outlier. And you look at the number of the sweet spot for the cash that Kyler's going to get. Like, I don't think it was too much. Like, I don't think it was exorbitant. I don't think they, they underhanded him with the contract. And maybe this, this is why it took a couple extra weeks just as on the precipice of training camp to get it done. Because with a guy like Kyler Murray, injury concerns are going to be looming because of his size. But that doesn't mean that he's going to get injured anymore. I mean, Steph Curry was injured for the first four years of his career, undersized guy. And then, Really hasn't been injured since, you know, aside from the last, you know, a uh, couple of years w- w- when he started getting older. So I think it's going to be much to do about nothing. Yeah. And I think when you're talking about Kyler Murray, Alex, it's a player that obviously many are anticipating that upward trajectory to continue from him. I mean, now that he has this deal, what are you expecting from him on the field? Maybe areas where he has to continue to improve areas where you feel like he's going to get better. What are you expecting from him? I feel like the percentage of him running the ball is going to diminish. And I feel like the reason because of that is because he's become, he's going to become better and more proficient stepping up in the pocket. Um, I want to see more Drew Brees of him this year. Step up. Roddy Hudson is one of the best centers in the NFL, giving him a little depth in the pocket with the ability to step up. And yeah, he's a, he's a little bit, I mean, he's not six, three, but his ability to see over the line has not really been that big of an issue. You know, his intermediate passing is fine. It's got to get better. But I don't see more pressure on Kyler Murray than there was up to this point. I see more pressure on the coaching staff and the GM because they now it's their job to do the salary cap gymnastics that a good organization does and brings in inexpensive talent and drafts well. Maybe they can try that once in a while in an effort to build around a guy who's making a whole lot of money right now. So it's kind of both. But I don't think there's pressure on Kyler Murray. Like, you know he's going to be a top 13 quarterback 
pretty much for the next decade. And he'll fluctuate from five to 13, you know, whatever. It's going to be somewhere in that range. And he 100% got five to 12 or 13 money. And in two years from now, it's going to look like a bargain. So I don't think that there's like this, all this pressure on Kyler Murray to perform now. I think he's going to run less. And I think he's going to become more proficient in the pocket. Right. And we, we look at deals now that were signed a couple of years ago, like Josh Allen, like Patrick Mahomes. And you just look at the salary cappers. You're again, hoping it, it inches up and up and up right. here. It's going to continue to go up, assuming, you know, everything continues to go well. So I think that now with the quarterbacks who haven't signed, like Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, et cetera, the prices will continue to go up until these guys are under contract. So getting Murray under contract now I think is a very good thing. But you mentioned the front office, Alex. What extensions are now down the pipeline? Now that Murray's out of the way, who, who are you looking at next as the prime extension candidates for the Cardinals now? I mean, there's so like Byron Murphy is going to be up next year. And I mean, we I guess we can talk about it now, Hollywood Brown. Like, I guess that catapults to the top, probably him and DeAndre Hopkins tied because I think there's an out at the end of this year for DeAndre Hopkins contract. So either they're going to have to restructure that or they're, he's not going to be on the Arizona Cardinals anymore. So Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins for very different reasons, different parts of their career, Hollywood Brown's going to want to get paid immediately after the 2022 season ends. If he has any sort of semblance of, you know, an average year for him. So 70 catches, 12 or 1300 yards and eight, nine, 10 touchdowns. He's going to be with his agent. Who's the same agent as AJ Browns and Debo Samuel. He's not going to want to play one more year on his rookie scale deal. He's going to want a deal. And that was one of the biggest issues I had with them trading for him on draft day, where it's like, yeah, you trade a first round pick, but you're pretty much trading for a player where you don't have any sort of leverage when it comes to how much you're paying him after this one year. So I think Hollywood Brown's first Byron Murphy, you know, Buda Baker is not that far away. He may be one year or two years removed from, from them having to talk to him. Jalen Thompson, one of the more undervalued guys from the safety position group. Like it's not going to get easier for the Cardinals moving forward with contracts. It's just not. So I would say Byron Murphy, Hollywood Brown, and DeAndre Hopkins in specific order, in not a specific order, but for very different reasons. Yeah, and do you feel like the reason or the fact that the Cardinals did trade that first-round pick and should be a lot to why they have very little to no leverage in your mind? Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, and the the futility in the draft over over years, it's coming to a head now. You know, like, he's not I, – I, I'm hard on Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury, and I feel rightfully so the majority of the time um, – He's not a good drafter, P- period. He just isn't. You know, we drafted Kyler Murray unopposed. That was great. That worked out. Uh, we'll see what happens with the draft class this year. Trey McBride's going to be good, I'm sure. And then Cam Thomas and Majai Sanders, the three defensive guys in the third round. But all in all, since 2013, Steve Kime has not been good on draft weekend. Just at all. He just hasn't been. And it's why it's difficult to continue to have to do Band-Aids for bringing veterans, pay them a lot of money things like that, where instead of building something organically, we'll see if it'll pivot because it, it takes one draft class to get back on the curve. That's all it takes. And then you're set. And um, hopefully that year is this year for the Cardinals. Yeah, it feels like now with Kyler Murray under contract, you can kind of set that aside. The Cardinals can now focus on their other guys and they have a talented roster, you know, offensive defense. They have plenty of talent there. So hopefully in that NFC West, they can make some noise, make the playoffs and figure stuff out from there. But Alex, I appreciate you hopping on. Thanks so much. Thanks, Kev. You got it.
the Cardinals get their guy. They're able to keep him in Arizona for a very long time. And hopefully for them, the trajectory of Kyler Murray will continue upwards as they make playoff pushes and hopefully for them compete for a Super Bowl. What into our first break here, though, on Locked On NFL, still a ton to talk about. We're going to dive into next Lamar Jackson. I'll be talking with you about Lamar Jackson and what the Murray extension means for Lamar Jackson. So be sure to stay tuned here. Still a ton to talk about. Unlocked on Ravens. First, though, I do want to tell you a bit about Bet Online. And BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in all your favorite betting needs and sports info. You can find all your favorite sports teams and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. And BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for our sports ranging information from live betting, in-game scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today to your using mobile device to learn more about the transaction happening today but online where the game starts we're back here our second segment of locked on nfl kevin ostriker your host still here with you and again thank you so much for making locked on nfl your first listen today be sure to subscribe on youtube and video form follow along with us in audio form and thank you so much for subscribing and following along Definitely. But let's talk about Lamar Jackson now as it relates to Kyler Murray and just in general. So I'm, I'm going to be talking about Lamar Jackson here. The Murray extension, I think, again, is just another domino to fall for Lamar Jackson, someone who obviously has not signed his extension yet. For the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, it definitely does feel like both sides are interested in in keeping things the way they are, with Jackson being the guy there very, very long term. Lamar Jackson said, as recently as mandatory minicamp that he envisions himself being a Raven for life. The Ravens have been very vocal about having Lamar Jackson as their quarterback for the future. So it just feels like everything's setting up for a long-term partnership there. But then everybody's asking the question, well, why hasn't it happened yet? And honestly, I've said this before. I thought that Lamar Jackson was going to be the first quarterback to sign out of that 2018 draft class. Obviously, that was not the case. It was Josh Allen. And then the whole the whole draft class has been wacky in itself with Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen all finding themselves on on other teams now, which is crazy that the number one pick is now off of that team and the number 32 pick in Lamar Jackson is still with his current team and still performing well. A lot again, the question is why hasn't he signed yet? I my hunch, my hunch is the fact that I think he is in fact betting on himself, which I think is a smart thing to do. Because you're looking at the quarterback deals that are getting signed, and as I kind of alluded to at the end of the first segment there, yesterday's price is not today's price. With every one of these deals, you see that quarterback market continue to increase, continue to fluctuate, but more so continue to go up. And, and that's what Lamar Jackson is doing here. I mean, the Deshaun Watson deal for as, as wacky and weird as it was, and as much as I think a lot of NFL front offices did not like it, it was a win for Lamar Jackson. You know, you, you have extensions for Aaron Rodgers and obviously the Kyler extension and others as well. Matthew Stafford, those were all wins for Lamar Jackson. So I think with betting on himself, it's not just about the money here. I mean, Lamar Jackson, he, he can make the he can maximize the money, I would say. If he goes out there and has a season that maybe rivals his MVP campaign in 2019. I know for, for any player, it's so hard to win an MVP and, and then get back to that level statistically. I'm not saying Jackson has completely just fallen off the face of the earth since that. I mean, he has still been a very productive quarterback, but I think people look at the 2019 MVP season and they say, well, why hasn't he improved every single year? Like, why did his stats regress in 2020? Stat statistical regression for Lamar Jackson in 2020 was expected by a lot of people, myself included, because if you're continuing to improve and increase on an, on an MVP season where, you know, you throw 36 touchdowns, you have all these amazing stats. By the time we're talking here today, Lamar Jackson, after playing two more years, would have had 
50 touchdowns. And then in 2025, he'll have 70 touchdowns. So the statistical regression, it's okay. It, it's it's natural. He's improved in other areas. He still has to improve in others. He's not a perfect quarterback. But I think for what the Ravens do, he is what they have built their offense around. They literally built their entire offense around this one player in Lamar Jackson. Totally worth it, by the way. Totally worth it, by the way. But Lamar Jackson, his season last year, a lot of people remember the back half of the year. It's a what have you done for me not lately league. People only, well, I'm not going to say only, but a lot of people do kind of put a lot of emphasis on what happened, what they most deem recent. So for Lamar Jackson, what is recent? Well, he got injured. He struggled past week 10. There, there were a lot of things in the back half of the year for him that just didn't go his way. And so I think that might, as opposed to maybe him having a great year in 2022, making the playoffs, winning the Super Bowl, even just making it to the divisional round or AFC championship or whatever, a season like that, a season like that where it's consistent success, playoff appearance, whether it is wild card, divisional championship, Super Bowl, whatever, I think that increases Lamar Jackson's price by itself as opposed to a year where he was in the MVP conversation in the first half of the year. People forget that. The, the Indianapolis game, he went like 37 to 42 or 37 to 43 or something had that amazing stat line led the Ravens to that comeback he was in the MVP conversation then but then the the Bengals game hit that was a even though the defense was the main culprit there that was a big hit to his MVP campaign because you know it was the, it was the arrival of the Bengals in the AFC North pretty much and then you have the the coming out of the bye week. They almost lose to Minnesota in week nine. The Miami game was really where it all fell off, though, for I think Lamar Jackson, where the offensive line was just in shambles. He was running for his life and in turn made some some bad decisions. I mean, not every bad decision was his fault. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say it was, but there were some that were. Right? He's not excused some all criticism here. So I think for what Lamar Jackson is looking for, He's looking for a lot of money. He's going to get paid a lot of money. He's going to deserve every penny of, of an extension or a contract or whatever that he gets. And I think when you're looking at the Murray extension, you have him at 46.1 average annual value. I think what Lamar Jackson might be looking at here is, is maybe you look at 50. <laughs> maybe you do based off of the salary cap going up as it kind of inches up and up and up as it feels like it's going to do. So the quarterback market is going up. Jackson has more success than Murray statistically. I mean, you, you can look at them. They are players that I think definitely maximize their skill sets in different ways or better at different things than others that have weaknesses that others don't. But I still think that Lamar Jackson has had more success at the NFL level than Kyler Murray. I mean, the MVP itself tells you that. I'm not saying Murray's a bad quarterback. I think he's a good one. But I think when you're looking at a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, the success that he's already had is going to dictate into a deal like that. Now, part of the question is, will Lamar Jackson opt for a franchise tag here? Will he opt for two franchise tags? I don't know. I mean, obviously, it would be great if the Ravens were to get a deal done before the season starts, whether that's right before training camp starts, which is tomorrow, or the, the veterans report tomorrow. Training camp first practice is Wednesday for the Ravens. So it, 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 maybe that announcement happens. But if it happens during training camp, I think that's the best outcome for everybody. I don't know when that's going to happen. There is also the other element to this that Lamar Jackson currently still does not have an agent. So he's, he's doing this with, with a team by himself. You know, he, he's, he's navigating this whole process, which again, I think some people are kind of miffed by, I don't understand why, like, you know, he, he can, he can do his thing, but there are certain things that having an agent would do. I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing. Lamar doesn't have an agent, right? I, I'm very indifferent on the topic. I think Lamar can do what he wants, <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, Jackson could be looking at that 50 million, average annual value deal. I think he's worth it. I mean, for, for players like this, 
you got to be able to secure your talent like that long-term. Lamar Jackson is such a special player, a polarizing player. And again, they built their offense around him. If Jackson leaves, there are other quarterbacks that can run the offense, but they can't do it like Lamar Jackson can. So you got to keep all that in mind. And I think for a player like him, another question is, is it a four-year deal? Is it a five-year deal? Is it a six-year deal? Maybe Lamar takes a shorter-term contract to maybe maximize his value heading into quite literally his like end of prime years if it was a four-year deal is if he signs it now but he's he's already he's on the fifth year option they're the new fifth year option so it's not kind of like that 11 million dollar range he's he's making uh, upwards of 20 million dollars this year but then the franchise tag would balloon his price next year and then maybe he can play on that and then get the four-year deal then hit for agency again get another huge contract so i don't know it's about what lamar jackson wants it's about what the ravens want these are two sides that Want to get a deal done? It feels like it, it really does feel like that to me. So I think the Murray extension it's just it's just another card down here for Lamar Jackson to say, hey, look, look at what these guys are getting, but look at what I've done. You know, look at what I've done. The, play, the playoff record is not there, right? It's it's not. But the success, the regular season success, the way that he impacts the game, the way the Ravens perform when he's not on the field, I mean, it, it's right out there in front of you. So while the, while a better playoff record, I think, would benefit Jackson, and obviously it would benefit the Ravens if they were winning there more often than not, I still think that, again, some of these quarterbacks, some of these Hall of Fame quarterbacks we talk about did not have a great playoff record early on in their careers. This is not the first time we've seen that. So I'm not going to ding Jackson too much for it, but it would definitely help him. So at the end of the day, I think Lamar Jackson is going to get a massive contract. I, I think it'll probably be a five-year deal. Maybe it is four, but I think it will be five, probably in the 50 million average annual value range, give or take a little more or less, depending on how you feel. But yeah, I I think he's going to make a a ton of money. I think he's going to deserve every penny of it. I think the Ravens, you know, they they need Jackson on their team. You know, I think he's a very smart guy and and a very good player overall. He he has a high football IQ, someone who understands the game is a hard worker. I mean, he's everything the Ravens need. And I think for Jackson, he's in a great spot in Baltimore. So I think it works out for both sides. Where it's like a hey, you know, we'll give a little, you give a little, and let's get this thing done. So I'm hoping that's the case. I'm hoping it doesn't linger on for too much longer for Baltimore, but of course it, it all does remain to be seen. But we're gonna head into our final break here on Lockdown NFL. Still a ton to talk about. We're gonna stay in the AFC North, talk about Joe Burrow next with Jake Liskow of Locked On Bengals and what the Murray extension means for him. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton to talk about here on Locked On NFL. First, though, I do want to tell you a bit about Dave. And sometimes you can be thinking about hindsight and it can be 2020 and you can't change the past. What if you could actually get a little help from your future self? Maybe you'd ask to borrow a little cash, but now you actually can do that with Dave. And Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank or or buy a wedding gift or catch up on your bills. Even you can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest or no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping firm. Future you download the Dave app from the app store right now. That's D A V E. Sign up for an extra cash account. Get up to $500 instantly for terms and conditions. Go to Dave.com slash legal. Insurance fees apply. Banking brought by Evo member FDIC. The future you will thank you. We're back here. Our final segment of Locked On NFL. Kevin Ostreicher, your host, still here with you. And again, thank you so much for making Locked On NFL your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, follow along in audio form. Thank you so much for doing that but now we're going to dive into our final topic of conversation which is joe burrow and talking about how the kyler murray extension impacts him with jake liscow of locked on bengal so let's talk about that now 
Well, as we've been talking about, the Kyler Murray deal has more of an impact on the NFL than just for the Cardinals. We've talked about Lamar Jackson, but now here with us to talk about Joe Burrow is Jake Liscow, one of the hosts of Locked On Bengals. And Jake, I know some quarterbacks are going to be getting paid. Lamar Jackson, one of them, Joe Burrow, another two of those AFC North quarterbacks. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and I don't know how much Kyler Murray's deal impacts Joe Burrow. It's not that far out of line with what we've seen for some other quarterbacks around the NFL. Quarterbacks just get paid. If anything, it just tells us that they're going to continue to get paid, but maybe they won't get all that guaranteed money that the Browns gave Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and I think when people were looking at the Murray deal before the specs were announced, they were probably thinking, well, is it going to be? guaranteed money fully but murray gets that five-year 230.5 million deal 160 guaranteed out of that so he beats watson in terms of average annual value but the guaranteed money goes to watson there so jake when, when you were looking at a deal for burrow in your eyes before this all went down what were the specs of that kind of what you were thinking of for burrow was it a little more a little less than what you were thinking of based off what murray got there yes yeah, interesting because burrow's going to get his extension a year later and physical, real, linear timeline time. And so we're going to see more inflation. Lamar Jackson may get paid more than Kyler Murray. Next year, Joe Burrow may want more money because the salary cap continues to go up, right? And so you look back at Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen's deal, now those smaller than Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson. The guarantees for Kyler Murray, though, I think are the big thing for the Bengals. I think looking at not a fully guaranteed contract, but guarantees in a similar range to Josh Allen, for example, or even a Matt Ryan, who had $94 million of his deal guaranteed. If it's something like that, where the Bengals need to guarantee a lot of money, that would be something that could cause some Bengals fans some concern, especially in light of what's happened with Jesse Bates around guaranteed money and the reports that the Bengals did not offer him anything outside of their norm. They're one of the very few teams in the NFL that don't really guarantee money beyond the first year. I do think the borough will be different. I think the kind of contract you can expect from a structure perspective will look something like the Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes deal. It wouldn't surprise me at all to see them go with that rolling guarantee structure where on X day, the next year becomes guaranteed. And, and in this way, there's more practical guarantees in, in many ways than some of these other quarterback contracts that don't have those rolling guarantees but I do expect Burrow to be near or at the top of the quarterback market maybe Aaron Rodgers notwithstanding because his deal is a little a little bit unique uh, just in terms of where he is in his career but you look at the guys that are getting their second contracts Kyler Murray Patrick Mahomes Josh Allen you know Dak Prescott that age range I think that's more similar from a structure perspective from an at the time what was the percentage of the cap those guys earned? Where where did they land in terms of resetting the market? And I, I think that the, the one interesting factor here is going to be Burrow's age because already 26, he's older than Kyler Murray, is going to be extended, though, a year later. Next year is the earliest that can happen. So there are some kind of competing factors there, but I do expect that market trends in terms of just inflation of salary cap, inflation of QB, um, QB salaries and general inflation happening in the world will all push Burroughs price tag up. 
Right. And you mentioned age there for Burrow. And I think every one of these deals can be different in terms of what the player wants, what the team wants. But in terms of timing here, Jake, if you're Joe Burrow and if you're the Bengals, when do you want this deal to happen for Burrow? Is it as soon as possible for the Bengals? Do they maybe want it to happen as soon as possible? Where are you in terms of what the Bengals and Burrow would want in that regard? Well, I think certainly for the Bengals, as soon as possible is going to be best. The longer you wait, the more expensive he will get. And then maybe you start to have issues over years or something like that. I think generally getting it done as soon as possible is, is one, it spreads the money out a little bit because extensions, if you think about Kyler Murray getting this massive extension, and then you look at the fact that the money kicks in in a couple of years, well, now that $260 million is spread out a little bit for the organization. Or, or whatever the exact number was, uh, $230 million spread out over the the remaining years of, of Murray's rookie deal as well. So I, I think for multiple reasons, getting it done as soon as possible does make sense for the team. For the player, I think because of Burrow's age coming into the league a little bit older, of course, had the transfer, played as a graduate student. I also think, you know, getting that, ridiculous money getting number one overall pick money is is life-changing enough but when you get something that's magnitudes greater you add another zero that's that's the generational money that sets up any future burrows that may be eventually out there and and certainly the rest of his family so i think always in cases like this both player and team are incentivized to get it done a little bit early and and get those things locked in and, and I don't see Burrow being the type to have any reason to wait and say, oh, my price tag will be higher, you know, next year, unless they're really far apart. But for everyone out there thinking the Bengals are cheap, they don't play, pay their players, they have always done a pretty good job of keeping their quarterbacks. You can go back to Carson Palmer, where they made him the highest paid player at his position at one time way back when in the early 2000s. So there is a track record for the Bengals of keeping their quarterbacks, and I don't expect Burrow to be any different. Yeah, and a big thing in Burrow's favor is the fact that he did take that Bengals team to the Super Bowl in his in a year that I feel like a lot of people, again, counted the Bengals out. He ends up taking that team there. And I think, Jake, when you're looking at like baseline years, baseline numbers, do you have any – I know it's so hard to guess these things at this point, but do you have any any guesses in terms of what a deal could look like, obviously with inflation in mind and everything? Yeah, I think it'll look a lot like Allen's deal with a little bit more money. I think that I think Mahomes being that ten-year deal, he was really young still when he signed that contract, and it was a little bit crazy to to see a deal that long, even for a quarterback position. But Josh Allen's deal a little bit more uh, traditional, I guess, in some ways. Six years, forty-three million a year. I think Burrow will come in higher than that again, just because that's how the NFL works regardless of whether or not you think Burrow or Allen is a better quarterback and and or, or, or what the Bengals think in terms of where Burrow ranks in terms of quarterback play, I think that quarterbacks just routinely reset the market. That's what we've seen repeatedly. So I wouldn't be surprised to see something like Allen's deal with the rolling guarantees, with that kind of five, six-year window and you know, right around 46, 47, 48 million a year, whatever the, the trend is in terms of the salary cap is what I would expect for Burrow. Yeah, and a big year this year certainly would help Burrow in terms of maybe getting an extra couple million here. And that's where I want to kind of wrap up with you, Jake. What are you expecting from Burrow this year? Are you expecting another really, really good year from him? Are you expecting a bit of aggression or even a bit of improvement here from Burrow in terms of stats? 
there are some things that you could expect to regress always. There are rates that you can identify and say that should regress, this should regress. I do think that the improvements of the offensive line should offset many of the negative regression trends that you might identify if you're doing fantasy football analysis, for example. But also he was incredibly unlucky for interceptions last year, had, according to PFF, like a very, very high rate of turnover-worthy plays that turned into actual turnovers. Compare that to a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who's much luckier throughout his career in terms of having turnover-worthy plays and dropped interceptions, things like that. I think Burrow should also improve his uh, his sack rate, which is a ripe topic of criticism for those in the analytics community who who like to find different things to pick at for players. But I do expect that Burrow should take strides as a player, as a football player. Remember that this is his first normal offseason in his NFL career. Came in as a rookie in a COVID weird offseason. Last year was coming off the ACL, had to spend a lot of his offseason rehabbing and got back for training camp very, very quickly, faster than some other athletes have been able to return to play. So for Burrow having a full offseason to work on his craft the way that he wants to do it, I think that does matter. And another year for Jamar Chase and T. Higgins to refine their games as young players, both of them still 22, 23 years old, very young players. With the improvements to the offensive line, there's no reason to think in my mind that Burrow would regress. But the, the one big thing I guess you could point to is injury luck. And the Bengals are going to be opening camp with Alex Kappa, their new right guard, and Lyle Collins, their new right tackle, on various injury lists going into camp. And both of those guys could, of course, be activated at any time, but there are some health concerns for a team that was very healthy last year, and that's really the only way I see things going way off the rails because I think Burrow will improve some of those areas of weakness because typically you see that from young quarterbacks, but you also have to remember the QB progression is not linear and sometimes things don't go as you would expect. So it will be fun to see which direction he takes. I think the personality and the drive to succeed are, are there and those are important intangibles that will continue to drive Burrow forward. Yeah, well, the Bengals certainly have that high-flying offense led by Joe Burrow himself. I'm excited to see what he does this year and obviously what that leads to with a future contract for Burrow as well. But Jake, I appreciate you hopping on here. Thanks so much. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, Burrow's an interesting case. Obviously, the age being a factor, but he's led that Bengals team to a Super Bowl very young. And I think that now with the offense looking like it's it's going to be high-flying for many years to come, that Bengals team and Joe Burrow both benefit from Burrow being in Cincinnati. So we'll see how that plays out as well. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked on NFL. Thank you so much for tuning in. When we get back here tomorrow, we're going to be diving into more content with your Tuesday host. So be sure to stay tuned for that, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.